0: My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we have Adam Paley, who's in a brand new comedy called Who Invited Charlie? The film follows a New York City family hiding out in the Hamptons whose bubble is popped when a bloody mary swilling pot-smoking friend, Charlie, comes to interrupt their stay. So to talk about the film, and of course, HBO Max's 101 Places to Party Before You Die, here's Adam Paley. So I want to go over quickly, before we get into Who Invited Charlie, which is probably one of my all-time favorite movies of the year. Um, oh wow. Thank you. Literally all time favorite. We listed it as a much watch for people that saw it on the website. And wow. also I can exclusively say that we are doing an award show this year. It's kind of like a virtual thing and the movie will be in there. So Whoa. You guys are gonna be up for some things which are very that's interesting.
1: Very cool. Well thank you so I'm I'm so uh touched and honored you know when you make a movie that's this small um and with this much, like, heart and stuff, you don't, you, you just want it to be seen. So I, uh, I'm i I'm very thankful for that.
0: Well, so it's so good. But before I get Thank started, you. so for people that might go, I don't think anybody will say this. Who is Adam Haley or what? No,
1: I know. I I bet you're wrong about that. I bet you're right, <laughs> But a lot of people right now are like, they're like, I don't. I don't know this Adam from Hollywood. I know other Adams from Hollywood.
0: You have had some of the most iconic television shows of all time. Happy Endings, <sighs> The Mindy Project. I mean, who doesn't love Peter Prentice? Like some of, like, I mean, one of the greatest characters written ever, I think. Definitely. And, I uh, mean, written. Yeah. It's, it was just amazing. I also even love Drunk History. I loved uh, that. John
1: movie. was on Drunk History.
0: It was, it's. I mean, just, like, for me, it was, like, thing after thing after thing that you've done. What was that like doing the television shows? I think maybe one of the longest was probably Happy Endings or the mini-project, but those uh-huh. actors like Max and Peter, which could not be further apart in how they act, but uh-huh. they're such crazy characters, and they're so much fun, and they're so lovable, and you do it in a way where it's not, like, you don't come off like a jerk. It's just, like, a lovable, like, Everyone wants you to be their friend, like Max to be their friend, Peter to be their friend. So what is that like for you for those shows when people talk to you about them?
1: It feels good. You know, if everybody's career is different. Everybody's, everybody has their own thing. But like, I didn't get to be in one character for a long period of time. Both of those shows were kind of short lived. And so I, I feel like in a good way, it's, it's nice that I made an impression in a short period of time. And I'm very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, and it shows, and both of those, I think, in particular show your ability for physical comedy and (laughs) comedic timing, because you're so funny, and those shows rely heavily on that to be funny and the timing. Um,
1: I was just, thank you for that. I was just having lunch with um, Jonathan Groff, who's one of the um, executive producers of Happy Endings, and I was talking about how, like, sometimes I find that my humor, like, my lack of rhythm, my staccato... My car crash of a rhythm is what is funny sometimes <laughs> inherently because you're like, well, that's so off rhythm that it becomes its own rhythm.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it, it's there's something humorous about that.
0: I think it's hysterical, like the way that you do it. And I can see what you mean by you have your own sense, like your own way of doing it. And I think that's that's what every actor does. But what makes you special is how you do it. And that it's funny, like, you know, that you still get the same kind of laughter, like the hard laughter from it.
1: Again, that's um, so nice of you. And I appreciate it greatly. I try to just kind of be as relaxed as possible and let and and do a lot of like, not thinking.
0: (laughs) Well, I wanted to get into and I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure you do a lot more prep than you say. Like I said, you do such a great job on all of these things. And then comes across my desk. Who invited Charlie so of course right off the bat I'm like Adam's in it gotta watch it so <laughs> you know that's what like sold me right away I was like yeah sure of course I'll screen it I watch it it's I feel like it's the closest to you that you've played how you got involved and then do you feel like this is one of the closest characters to like your actual personality that you have played in a while
1: Maybe. I feel like all my characters, like you were saying before, like, I feel like all of them are kind of a version of me in some way. Right. I look at a lot of my characters, unless it's real deep character work or a real person, mm-hmm. I look at them as kind of like variants of myself, of like, how did I get into this position? Or, you know, I can see myself... Like, I, I would never think to be a OBGYN, but I-, I could see that if I was, how I would approach it, you know? And so... I think that that's always kind of the the fun challenge for me. And I think it's also why I'm an acquired taste. You you kind of like me or you, or, you, or you don't.
0: I feel like you downplay yourself a lot, which I think a lot of actors do this. And but we, we all love you for it. But I was like, yeah, he's going to downplay every compliment that I give him this entire time.
1: Oh, no, <laughs> no. That's, there's, some, there's something, there's a mental illness for that too. It's like a narcissist, <laughs> it's a type of narcissism where you're not comfortable accepting a compliment even though that's like all you desperately want is something there's something i gotta look into that
0: <laughs> well we'll have to talk about like a therapy we'll have to have it like a therapy i gotta
1: time. unpack that after the holiday
0: <laughs> well for who invited charlie how did you get involved because this is like tiny 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 this film Yeah.
1: i first of all i love making these movies and if you're a director or writer out there and you are making these movies get at me i love them they they're fun they give me a chance to do stuff that I don't normally get a chance to do and there's nothing like the energy of a of a young crew and filmmaker and and so I love it but I um I was actually this this team isn't as quite as young but they're energetic and I um I was um supposed to do a movie with David Frankel that was kind of a big a large undertaking uh right before the pandemic and David Frankel's a really good director and directed one of my favorite movies, Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of, speaking of prep work, I was doing a lot of prep work. And then the movie kind of fell through after COVID or during COVID. And I had a big gap in my schedule. And um, David kind of said, you know, I, 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 I'm really bummed that I'm not going to be able to direct you, but I'm producing this little, little movie. Mm-hmm. And the script is really good if you want to read it. And so he sent it to me and I read it. And I recognize the name because the name uh, of the writer, Nick Scott, is actually, I had met him, he's best friends with a buddy of mine named Zach Knighton, who was on Happy Endings. And he used to come around to our Happy Endings parties a lot. And so I like reconnected with him and then and, and kind of really fell in love with the script. I mean, it reminded me of all like my favorite movies, planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And uh, what about Bob and Uncle Buck? I mean, like, there's a certain kind of rom- romantic song I was hearing in my head while I was reading it, and then making it all the way through, and it was, it was, kind of like I knew what the movie was from the first time I I read it, and and that's how I did it.
0: We spoke to Reed, and Reed told me he initially had tried out, or they initially wanted him for Charlie, and he was like, mm, mm. I don't know, might be a stretch, and he was like, it might be exciting because it could be a stretch for me, but he was like, mm, I think I fall into like the other category. So he was like, Well we'll put on the back burner. And then he said, You walked in, they or he had seen your tapes, you had walked in, and they were like, Yes, this is Charlie. So for you when um, you is that who you pictured initially to play?
1: Yes. I didn't think that I was gonna play anything but Charlie when the character description came out. You know? <laughs> um, but I could see Reed doing a great job with it. I mean, it's a fun character. The eccentric is always fun. The question I feel it because we've seen that quite a bit is like how to make it specific how to make the eccentric specific and not feel like a trope of those movies and to me it was to modernize it it was to like be be really accurate and 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 pinpoint with the time and place that the characters were in which happened to be the height of a a enormous pandemic
0: (laughs) right so for people that haven't seen it yet so basically it takes place with a family that's like panicking because they're in the city. We don't know what's going on with COVID. They're going to go to their big, gorgeous Hamptons house to kind of ride out the wave and be safe. And yeah. we bump into your character and find out that they're friends or have known each other. I should say they they knew each other in the past. And Yeah, they're roommates.
1: They, they yes. lived together in college.
0: And like lost touch. And yes. it's a very quick kind of scene. And then Charlie somehow ends up kind of just inviting himself over to their house as, yeah. a, as a need to seek cover you know like to get out of the city and to stay safe.
1: yes, that's exactly what happens which I, I you know I feel like a lot of people it it didn't have to be the Hamptons for you to be put in that situation of like I'm alone in this crazy time and I just need some some something some comfort you know and I think some people kind of freaked out and I think it's totally uh, relatable and I think a lot of people found themselves maybe people that lived in cities found themselves outside of cities and places that they didn't um, necessarily belong
0: right and to try to not have to be concerned about it right I mean like that's normal Yeah, and yeah
1: I just had to keep going
0: and you guys did such a good job because I was concerned about that kind of like Stereotypical tropes that kind of fall into this movie. So when when you show up and, or I should say, when Charlie shows up to the house, right away I'm going, oh, he's not going to be let in. He's going to try to sneak. Mm -hmm. Those are like kind of the typical things you see in these movies. This is not that. This like you know he lets you in, and the relationships and the things that take place in this film are very different than what you might expect so like you see this trailer and you might expect like oh my god this is an annoying guy they keep trying to get rid of him i wouldn't say that he doesn't cause any problems for them but a lot of the stuff that takes place is really kind of in a healing manner like a lot of your character and a lot of the stuff he does albeit you know he's different than them but that's okay because that difference yeah. how makes them come together a little more
1: yeah i one of my favorite movies ever is uh, You Can Count on Me by Kenneth Lonergan. And Mark Ruffalo plays a character similar to this. And he kind of goes and stays with his sister, Laura Linney, and her kids. And he starts taking care of the kids. And I think it reminded me of that movie quite a bit. But the thing that happens in that movie, which is different in this movie, which I really liked, is that in that movie, it's all about Mark Ruffalo growing and learning and figuring himself out. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it's a little more collaborative where it's like, I think everybody, which is kind of what the pandemic was like, everybody found themselves at equal ground. right? And so everybody needed to heal, whether you were rich or poor or staying with your hundred year old grandfather in the country or, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, was reduced to just trying to survive. And so I feel like that was the difference here. was like there was less judgment on this character, which gave it an opportunity to, to flourish.
0: Yeah. And with that less judgment and because the COVID's going on, I feel like it made sense that there wouldn't be so much aggression or fighting or because as, as human beings, we don't know what to do. Everybody doesn't know what's going on. So they might not want him there. They're not going to turn him away. This is not a a situation where they're going to put him out in the, in the wild kind of thing.
1: Completely. People were looking out for each other and, and, you know, again, like, if, I think similar to the the time that we made the movie, we made the movie at the height of a second wave, and it was testing every day and almost getting shut down. And, you know, it, it felt similar to the script in that way, in that, like, you're just trying to make the movie, you're just trying, and like, during COVID, you were just trying to get to the next day and figure out how you're going to work how you were going to survive how you're going to do something new you know I hope that the movie hits that note with a lot of people you know we don't have the luxury of of having a big studio behind us to push it out and stuff so and and I think a lot of times people are turned off by the idea of like I don't want to watch a COVID movie Mm -hmm. but I think that this movie is not I mean there's something nostalgic about that time when you were forced to be inside of your family and I think this movie is so fun and funny and warm that it makes it almost feel like a holiday movie that you look back on it fondly, you
0: know? I feel like it was a mix between, this sounds like an odd mix probably, but like weekend at Bernie's mixed with like national lampoons (laughs) for some reason. That's how I.
1: I mean, Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. There's no dead people or a ton of jokes, but I'll
0: take it. take it, but it's so funny And so heartfelt. And I love the fact that there's a lot of COVID movies that had come out, right? And a lot Mm. of them focus solely on COVID. This does not do that. So it's happening. It's there. There's scenes, and I won't give them away for people to see them, where there's inventive masks and things that you guys do, like, right, because they got to go to grocery stores and things that you have to go outside of the house that are very funny, like hysterically funny that you just relate to watching it, like just feeling like, like that need of what you need to get. But it's not a main character, which makes you very different than any other Agreed. that's related Agreed. or that has COVID in it.
1: Totally. And I think, I think you nailed it. And I, and I, I think that that was the point. Let's keep it. Let's just give it a time frame and a setting and not make it the focus.
0: So, and I wanted to ask you too, it felt like there was a lot of freedom. I know like, this is like literally when I say indie, this is like full out. I know crew members were like on the floor. Like, I mean, people were just yes. trying to get by and like make it. Yes. But it seemed like when, during the direction, there was a lot of freedom where Specifically with your character, you don't have to talk every two seconds. There doesn't have to be like a lot of conversation every every minute. There was space, and I kind of look at it as like a musical movie, right? Yeah. No, there's like silence.
1: I think I struggle sometimes with silence too. I think I, I I like to talk and fill up the space, and I think this was a fun time, especially with a character who's been through so much. For the and Javi, the director was great about you know letting me tone down in my own way. Sometimes I can be contrarian. I think is a shortcoming of mine that sometimes, especially for an actor, someone can tell you to do something. You're like, why this is the way I'm doing it. And that's the opposite of acting. That's not what acting, acting is trying something and the director says do it that way. And you do it that way better. You know, it's like, Mm. but sometimes I can get that way. And so I think Javi had a, a really nice hand with me of being like, I don't want you to change. I just want you to try it at a different temperature, you know? And I think it, it helped me quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And like, I want to bring up one scene in particular, which is one of my favorites. And I don't think it will ruin anything, but I was laughing so hard. I was almost crying, which, and I did that multiple times in this film. And Uh I also cried for emotional reasons because it has a beautiful heart, like throughout the whole and the storyline. But there's this scene where, like, you're kind of Charlie's initially kind of in the house and Uh they're setting up boundaries. And had, yeah, yeah. this was a very last minute kind of pulled together situation where they were like, how do we do this? And Re was like, give me a piece of tape. I'll figure it out. And so he tapes kind of like what you would do when you're kids because you guys knew each other in college. Like, yeah. you're younger, you do this with siblings, right? You're like, don't cross my line. So you- yeah. So he basically puts tape down to separate where Charlie's allowed to walk. That could have been done in two seconds, right? Like they could have showed it really quickly. Bam, you're on to your next thing. Yeah. But they do this like full minute of you just hearing yeah. the tape ripping. And
1: yeah.
0: like the whole thing, like, and he separates the room. You're, and your character is completely silent and just standing there. And then you hear this tape. And when he's done and everyone kind of walks off, your character just like leans forward and goes, so, like, can I cross it to, like, use the bathroom? <laughs>
1: yeah. And then yeah. he's
0: like, yeah. And, like, and that's what makes this movie, I feel like, so different. There's so many moments of that where it's not necessarily people talking that has to make it funny, which you guys all do. But there's these moments of silence where an action's happening.
1: That's so nice. I really, uh, it really feels good when someone sees your movie and likes it. So I really, really and gets it and so i really appreciate it
0: so what are you like looking forward to so i know right now it did a ton of festivals i know you guys were in austin i mean yeah. like I said, this movie is hilarious i want everybody to see it i feel like you're walking <laughs> walk out feeling better being happy uh, laughing
1: i like it when a movie makes you feel that way well it's coming out soon i uh i can't give you the release date yet because i think that that's information that i'm not at liberty to give but it's coming out soon Okay. And um, everybody will get a chance to see it. And I'm really thankful and excited about that because I, I feel like I did good work and I'm excited for people to see it.
0: You did. And then, you know, um, obviously I have to ask too, wardrobe, because you know I'm obsessed <laughs> with you wear. You know this. Yeah,
1: Olivia Purdock on this movie and, and the great Aaron Levine came in and helped us with an assist for my wardrobe. But Olivia Purdock is responsible 100% for this one.
0: But I love all your stuff. Like, literally, if you let me in your house, you'd probably come into your class and be like, where did all my stuff go? Because you have such mm. cool stuff. I didn't know if some of the clothes no, no. were yours that you wore in the film.
1: Some of them were mine, yeah. Well, Olivia was also helping me on 101. Uh, so it was kind of like, what didn't work for one worked for the other. And there was a lot a lot of crossover. But yeah, I mean, I, li- I like wearing my own clothes, especially like just because you're playing a character doesn't mean that they don't have something in your closet that you would put on on a certain day to feel like that, you know?
0: So, um, and obviously, you know, I love the crochet, which I've made very close <laughs> to you. Yeah, so you at made some it point I will try to steal it from you, but
1: I'm going to get you the information. My cousin used to sell it at his store and oh, I will get you the information.
0: I will buy it. I will hundred percent.
1: I will get you that information. I
0: promise. Okay. So for people listening that are like, what is she talking about? He wears this amazing crochet outfit, like it. <laughs> In the film, you can also see it on 101. I think I tweeted. I was like, "Where do I get? Like, I have the sweater to have
1: it. gets a lot of love. The so. sweater, I will, I will get it out. I will get okay, the so. Info let out. me
0: know, and I will make sure to tweet it out. So for people that are interested in this movie. We just have to basically follow Twitter accounts, Instagram. Yeah,
1: there'll be an announcement in the paper soon, I think. So
0: we have that coming. And like I said, I love it. Everybody go see it. It's heartfelt. It's beautiful. It's funny. There's a touch of COVID in it, but it's really about this family. Like
1: all of us, there's a touch of COVID now.
0: <laughs> we all have a little bit of it, right? Couldn't get yeah. away from it. But yeah. after you talk about really quickly, 101. So okay. you guys did this amazing show. And this uh-huh. is, to me, very interesting. So you did 101 Places to Party Before You Die with one of your friends that you've known for 25 Ever, yeah. plus years. Yes. Um, so it's you and John and you guys, yes. well, you say Gabriel on the show, but that's his last name.
1: That's and his last name.
0: The two of you just did this like cute show. It was like on true TV and you guys just traveled to various places that were like, as you guys joke, places that nobody would really send you to it's like random towns that they like Denver yeah yeah and so you're there for you know 48 hours or something like that and you guys just go hard like every Party. you go to as many places as you could go to you eat everywhere you can anything that you guys could do you get done Correct. with 48 hours what was that like it
1: was the best experience ever we hope to do more I think in the coming year when the there's clarity at HBO and Time Warner and Discovery and. We know what channel we would be on. You know, we'll have some more information. But it was a joy of a, a project. And I love it so much. It was like one of the greatest creative experiences I've had to, like, make a show from scratch like that. And um, truly, like, it, it really just affirmed, like, if you have a friend that you love, like, go out and do something together. Like, have an experience. It's so fun.
0: Well, it was so interesting because it started on True TV. And the, I'm just going to be honest. There was, like, no promotion, right? There's, like, nothing. None. You and John are, like, on Twitter. You're promoting it, everything. This grassroot of like everyone wanting to either party with the two of you, which like I do, I have like serious FOMO, wanting <laughs> to party with you guys, wanting to go to these places. People are going to these places that live nearby, taking photos, tagging you guys. They're like yeah. eating food that you're eating, doing all this stuff. It blew up to a point where HBO Max stepped in and was like, We need to have this on our streaming service. And then they took you guys in too and made it available to a much wider audience on hbo mac and now everybody's streaming it on on there yeah i
1: mean i don't know if that's the reasoning behind how we got I'm on hbo go, max I'm go with but it. i'm gonna say yes and take it <laughs> and be like that's 100 yeah. accurate that's what
0: happened. yes yeah, it's 100 accurate because i just yes. feel like that's how it started it was so grassroots and then yeah
1: no and sometimes it's good that way and sometimes shows need that so you know however it gets seen that's great with us
0: so is that crazy for you? Like, so now it's on HBO Max. We're all waiting for a season two. Every article, I Googled it this morning because I was curious just to see the latest. Every article is writing like where season two, we need a season two headlines include, we need a season two I mean, fans have become not only obsessed with I think you as Adam now, right? Because this is not you like acting; this is you as Adam as a human being. <laughs> is nice. Um, and then your relationship with John. I mean, like, you guys are hysterical.
1: I don't know what the future holds, and I don't know like it's it's all so crazy right now. How any how anybody sees anything, but I know that we've got a great platform, and people seem to like it. So I hope they keep
0: watching it. Well, it's so good, and I love, and I get so excited for you every time I see someone tag. Well, Adam ate it, so I'm trying it. And, like, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, I, I, I poison, test her. poison
1: <laughs> tester, poison <laughs> tester.
0: You were the first one to try it. And then I just threw one really quick cute thing that was on the show. I forgot where you guys were, but when they had you guys in the little, like, and the little car, like that they were driving, and you're like outside, you're like on a street and it's fully opened and had the awning on it. The fact that, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys hit your head, like, yeah, yeah, I was hysterical because, yeah, that's a that great bit. something that I would do, but like, You literally like slam your head on the top of it over and over and over again. I mean, it's just, the show is so funny. It's so honest. It's so much fun. Thank you. I love when we see you guys call your families. It's just, it's the most honest. I feel like two friends that got together and are like, listen, we're not going to like BS this. We're not going to script this. We're just going to go have fun. We're going to go where we're going to go. And we're going to let people see if we're talking to our family, if I'm buying something for my kid, it's going to be on there. Like I'm going to call them and buy something. So like when you guys went to the toy, like with all the toys, I love that both of you were like calling and trying to figure out what to get. You know, for your yeah. family, who wants what. So it just is such an honest, beautiful show. So if people haven't seen Thank it. Thank you.
1: Thank you so go much.
0: HBO Max and watch it because it's so fun. Yeah. And if for some reason there's not a season two, which I would be shocked, but if there's not a season two, we have to see more of you and John together because the two of you are like. Yeah,
1: no, we'll do something. We're Later. figuring it out. Right now we're focused on getting someone to pay us to go get fucked up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so basically where can people just like follow you so that they can stay updated on all of your projects?
1: Yeah, follow me anywhere, or, or Google me, or whatever. Keep watching. I, I'm I'm so appreciative.
0: Hope you guys enjoyed listening to Adam Paley talk about his latest comedy, Who Invited Charlie? The film is currently doing festival runs, so make sure you check it out at your local film festival and stay tuned for announcements because it should be distributed worldwide soon. And make sure you head over to HBO Max and stream all of the episodes of season one of 101 Places to Party Before You Die. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts and head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe so you're updated on all of our video content.